Raising awareness of the needs of children in the foster system through our partnership with Children's Hope Alliance. This is Ron Clements with my wife, Patty. Hello. And we are in the Twin Cities. and Well, technically, we're in Dakota County, south of St. Paul. Apple Valley, I believe it is. Right, I think you're right. Yes. But we spent two days at Target Field Saturday and Sunday in Minneapolis, and we saw the Twins beat the Orioles twice. And unfortunately for Baltimore fans, their team is not very good. Yeah, that was a pretty rough game for them on Sunday, especially. Yeah, it was. Uh, the Twins roughed them up pretty good. But we did see Eduardo Escobar literally hit a car that was parked in the concourse beyond right field with a home run. Other teams at other stadiums, like if the home team hits the car that's parked out there, some fan wins a car. They did not do that at Target Field. No, it was a white Chevy Malibu and sitting in the concourse, you know, of course, to advertise it. Right. But not a giveaway. No. Escobar did put a pretty good dent right in front of the, uh, be the passenger side front door. Front quarter panel, huh? Yeah. I didn't go down and look at it. You guys did. But. Well, I showed you the picture. Right. And I did tweet that picture out at Ron underscore Clements. And the twins even responded to that tweet. They were like, oops. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But we went to two games, Saturday and Sunday. Sunday we went, uh, it was me, you, your cousin Shelly, and her husband Santiago. But Saturday is what we really want to talk about. Uh, that is the game where the Minnesota Twins donated 30 tickets to Family Alternatives of Minnesota. And we were able to get some kids out to a game at Target Field. Yeah, they have a sign out there that says, it's a beautiful day for baseball. It's a permanent sign. And it really was a beautiful day for baseball, both Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, it but really was. It was really nice to get the kids out to the game. It really was. And the, the Twins have signs also, you know, it's a beautiful day for baseball. This is how we baseball. And there is a like a, a loop announcement when you're waiting in the uh, Target Plaza. It says, like, everyone's welcome at Target Field. And, and uh, it was so nice of the twins to open their doors for these kids with Family Alternatives. And we interviewed Mary Lennick of Family Alternatives prior to Saturday's game. And you'll listen to that interview right after this word from Children's Hope Alliance. Any child should be able to at least go to a foster home and experience the family. After a traumatic past, Briar was fostered and adopted through Children's Hope Alliance. I felt like God chose this place. And I feel like when he opened the door for them being my foster parents, he also opened the door for them being my mom and dad. There are kids right now in your community waiting for someone like you to open their hearts and home. To learn more about becoming a foster parent or to learn how to spread the word about fostering, visit childrenshopealliance.org slash advocate. You're seeing everybody else have a family. I remember just like, you know, like saying, what's wrong with me, you know? Josh spent 16 years in DSS custody after unthinkable abuse and neglect. He came to Children's Hope Alliance last year to join our independent living program to help him transition into adulthood. I'm thankful being an independent living of the Children's Hope Alliance because I don't know where else I would be. Independent living is just one of nearly 30 programs at Children's Hope Alliance. Visit childrenshopealliance.org advocate to learn how to help kids like Josh. 
Welcome back to the Home Run on Wheels podcast. We are here with Mary Lenick, the director of Family Alternatives in Minnesota. Mary, welcome, and we're we're at Target Field. We are at Target Field. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and uh, how how important is it for you, an organization like yours to be able to get kids out to a Major League Baseball game? Really important. I mean, we as an agency really prioritize kids in care having normal childhood experiences. And when I say normal, I mean things like going to a baseball game, sporting events, concerts, sleepovers. Um, and so this is an opportunity to let kids do uh, things that they otherwise wouldn't be able to do in the home settings that they're coming from. Uh, and so we like kids to have fun. You heal through having fun and you heal through experiences such as this. Had you, prior to this, had a relationship with the Twins at all? Um, we've done in the past, uh, worked with Tickets for Kids, which occasionally has games available through the Twins, but not directly through the Twins organization. Um, we've had um, more of a relationship with the Minnesota Lynx and the Minnesota Timberwolves, so this is really the first time in years that we've had kids in care uh, and their foster parents come to game with the Twins. And in case anybody's wondering what that buzz was, uh, we are standing at the top of an escalator at Target Field, and that was uh, the escalator buzzing for some weird reason. So, um, but neither Patty nor I had ever been to Target Field before. What do we need to know about, about the stadium, especially in terms of food? Well, the food is good. So we're known, or at least we think we're known, for the state fair. I'm sure you have your own version of that uh, in Wisconsin, but we think we're pretty special here for our state fair. And there are specific uh, vendors here that work at the state fair as well as serve food here at Target Field. So I definitely recommend trying to hook up maybe a hot dog that advertises itself as the state fair, cheese curds, um, and then perhaps this is something at every ballpark, but ice cream and a baseball cap. You got to do that too. <laughs> Hopefully, some of the kids get uh, get some of those today. Heck yeah! I might go check them out and see if they're eating the way they're supposed to be eating. <laughs> what exactly does Family Alternatives do? Kind of explain who you are and, and and what the organization does. Sure. So, Family Alternatives been around since 1978, uh, and we're a private foster care agency. So, every state in the country does foster care differently. Um, in the state of Minnesota, they're primarily county foster homes, and then there's a handful of private foster care agencies, such as Family Alternatives, that uh, county resource uses a resource. If, for example, they're unable to find a home for kids, they have kids with higher needs, larger sibling group sets, we answer that call because we come with additional supports. So we're what's called a private foster care agency and we're responsible for licensing foster homes and then facilitating placements through the counties who act as the legal guardians of the kids while they're in foster care. Uh, and then we're along for that journey, however short or long it may be. And you say private, but don't get misconstrued guys. Family Alternatives is a 501c3. Otherwise, sure are. they would not have been able to get a donation of tickets from the twins. Correct. Ron would not do that, nor would the twins. Um, yeah. So we're a we're a nonprofit. Private meaning that just we're not county affiliated. And so the Department of Human Services in the state of Minnesota licenses Family Alternatives to be able to license foster homes. Uh, you were telling me when we were walking up here, you're a pretty big sports fan, especially Minnesota teams. Uh, your family has season tickets. 
What's like your earliest Twins memory? Oh gosh, earliest Twins memory easily has to be 91 World Series Homer Hanky, which we then made into a pillow at our house. Um, <laughs> so my family, I don't, I wasn't able to go to the games. I was, I guess my dad wanted to go instead of me. Thanks a lot, dad. Um, but he brought home the, the now infamous Homer Hanky. Uh, and we've now have them as family made into pillows. Um, so the Homer Hanky, if you haven't seen one, Google Minnesota Twins 91 Homer Hanky, uh, and that'll bring back some nostalgic memories for me and hopefully Minnesota Twins fans in the state. You're not bitter at all about not being able to go to the playoff games, though, huh? Not at all. I was only seven, so I'm working through sort of past bitterness. I think I'm now aware of that bitterness more than I was when I was seven because I didn't understand the magnitude of the victory. <laughs> uh, that's funny my, my first baseball memory was uh, in 82 or I shouldn't say my first baseball memory when I first fell in love with baseball uh, was when uh, it was in 1982 when the Brewers went to the World Series yeah. and there is a common link there, there between is. the 2018 Twins and the 82 Brewers and that's Paul Molitor that is Paul Molitor ended up finishing finishing his career with the twins and he's like from st paul isn't he, he is correct he's from st paul i actually one of my best friends is his daughter who i grew up with so um i've gotten to know paul over the years great man and a minnesota twin last sorry brewers fans <laughs> he'll always be a brewer though just Did like he brett, retire as a blue just jay like, though just like brett Favre will no. always be a Packer. i'm sorry i'm not familiar with the name brett Favre. <laughs> you said you were a vikings fan too uh, Oh, now you're you're uh, reminding me of. I think he was with us a couple years. Yeah. How did that go for the Packers? Ha. Huh. Yeah. Well, you can make when he threw his. We all know, throws the ball across his chest. What happens? Usually intercepted. Correct. Yeah, just like against the Saints in the I've, NFC Championship game. I do recall game. that. Yeah. <laughs> My wife is a Bears fan. Oh yikes! So we got a Packers Bears household and a Milwaukee Brewers St. Louis well, Cardinals household. Well, the thing household. with the Vikings is that we try to think that we're in these rivalries, um, but we know the real rivalry is between the Bears and the Packers. We just regularly feel left out, um, which is no. Part those of, are the Lions. Uh, that, yes, the Lions are mostly left out, but we don't have a Super Bowl either, so we're we're mostly wannabes. How tough was that last year with the uh, the NFC Championship game? It was rough. So I actually went to Philadelphia. Um, I was in New Orleans, of all places, when we played the Saints and won the Minneapolis Miracle. Um, and I proudly display uh, the Star Tribune front page that day um, when Stefan Diggs made the winning play. Then my brother and I, who were convinced that it was our year, decided to go to Philadelphia like the idiots that we were. <laughs> the fans are as awful as advertised. Um, and I was called names that I cannot repeat on this podcast. Um, and we thought after the first touchdown that we had it, we, we were quietly cheering, not wanting to let people know uh, the purple was underneath our black jackets. Uh, and then we left after the third quarter because we were scared we were going to get pelted with beer cans the rest of the day. Oh, that, that's harsh. It was really harsh. <laughs> uh, what, I'm just curious. This is, has nothing to do with baseball or family alternatives. But I'm just curious, as someone who lives here, what was this city like when the Super Bowl was here? Uh, it was a combination of bitter because... As Vikings fans, we thought we should be hosting our own team. And it was also insanely cold, which as a Minnesota native, we got a kick out of because people were complaining about it. Um, and we just thought that there couldn't be a better welcome to visitors into our state other than sub below zero temperatures. But back to family alternatives. Yes. 
I could get lost in sports for days. <laughs> Me too. Mm. How can people get involved? So we just recently launched a new website, which gives more direction on how to get involved. So if you go to Family Alternatives, and it's just F-A-M-I-L-Y Alternatives, A-L-T-E-R-N-A-T-I-V-E-S. I should be able to spell the name of my own uh, company. .org. You can actually go to a link. There's a whole page dedicated to um, ways that you can help donate, whether it be monetarily or actually giving physical items um, there's lots of different ways and you can certainly contact me directly my um, name number email is on the website um, and can talk about other ways if um, the options on the website listed aren't of interest to you so we have lots of different events that we do in the community we like Ron was saying at the beginning of the podcast we like to get kids out um, and having fun um, to really normalize childhood experiences uh, and so we're always looking for ways to get kids out into the community and of course you know resources are strapped so um, donations that will will help get kids into um, camps um, sporting activities um, extracurricular after school programming etc um, is a really big priority for us what we hope to accomplish out of this whole thing is is to inspire people to get involved whether it's through fostering or adopting or yeah. or, or volunteering or, or donating well, yeah, and you speak to the most you know important need which is foster parents um, you know we have our baby boomers are retiring and that's also an age group that may be looking to give back into ways you know now that their kids hopefully have moved out sorry mom and dad took me a while to move out <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, we've had people of interest that want to give back in that way. Um, and it's, it's hard work, uh, but it's the most rewarding and remarkable journey that I've had the privilege of walking with people on. Uh, and so you can actually fill out, if you're interested in becoming a foster parent, um, an inquiry form on our website, and that information will go directly to myself and our um, licensing recruiter. Uh, and we can set up a time to come out and talk about um, what, we, what we do, what it's like to be licensed with us, um, and what we would need from you as a foster parent. And if you're listening to this and you're not in the Twin Cities or Minnesota, the, the need for foster parents is not restricted to any one state or any one area it is a national need so uh if if you're thinking about fostering or adopting please get involved Uh, uh, look up your uh, a local foster care organization like family alternatives or a new family services yes in 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 wisconsin uh and uh who the, the brewers donated 50 tickets but uh what do you say we go out some baseball now, though? What do they say? Let's play ball. Thank you so much, Mary, Thank for coming you. on the Home Run on Wheels podcast. Patty, it was a pleasure speaking with Mary and, and getting to meet her. She's a huge sports fan, as you heard. and she, she had a kid with her who actually... So her family has season tickets like right behind home plate, and she actually took one of the foster kids down there to sit at her, her parents' seats right behind home plate. Yeah, I'm sure that was a really fun experience for her as well, and... Where we were, there, I mean, really, all the seats in the stadium are good. We were up in the 300 level and great view mm-hmm. and just a really nice ballpark. I really liked it. Yeah, so did I. Uh, 316 we were on Saturday, right behind home plate, but up in, up in the 300 level, but a great view of the downtown skyline. And it kind of reminded me a little bit of Pittsburgh, only without the the bridge and the river, you know, right there. I guess but you, you could say that just right, because of the skyline yeah, yeah. view, right? And then Sunday, we sat in section 121, so we were field level, and we were in the sun. It was a little warm on Sunday, but uh, Target Field, there's a lot of spots where you can kind of get away, duck into air conditioning, and and still see the game. 
Right. And we always like that option at a field that you can go into these spots. It's first come, first serve, and you can see the game from a different perspective if you'd like and get some air conditioning if you need it. But baseball is not all we did in the Twin Cities. Prior to going to Sunday's game, you and I are both huge Prince fans. And we went to Paisley Park. It was like something, you know, all right, do we're going to make the time to do this. It's not cheap to go there. It's pretty expensive. But we went and Paisley Park looks like just like like, like this unassuming office building from the outside. Well, yeah, it's it's white. There are barely any windows. Um, and you wouldn't know that it was a residence when you are looking at it. Well, it, it is more than a residence. So like Prince lived there. Right. But it was like his working studio. This was the, the the Paisley Park offices. It just happened to be that Prince lived there too. Right. But also, when you say that about the studio, there was one thing we learned about the grumpy old men. Yeah. Part of grumpy old men filmed like, like some of the interior scenes. They've got literally a movie studio inside the Paisley Park building. And that's like still being used. Like they're still recording. They're not using the the music studio anymore. That hasn't been used since Prince died. But the the motion picture studio is still being used. Not a lot, but it's still getting some use. Yeah, and it really is. It's so funny because when they take you in there, that's one of the last things you see is this ginormous studio. And you walk in there and the first thing that was playing, and I don't know if they plan it that way or if it just happens to be, but when they're opening the door, the opening chords, dearly beloved, mm-hmm. you know, do you We're know. gathered here to get, today to get through this thing called life. Yep. But so, now this is something really weird, and Patty, you can back me up on this. This actually happened, guys. We had my iPod playing in the car on the way over there, and I swear to God, that was, the iPod is always on shuffle, always on shuffle. I've never know what's going to come next. It's it, it could go from Garth Brooks to Snoop Dogg to Nina Simone to Metallica. I never know what's going to come next. I don't even remember what song was playing as we are getting close to Paisley Park, but we're a quarter of a mile away. The song changes, and it's the song Adore by Prince. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. We are getting ready to see Prince's home and studio and a Prince song. A pretty obscure one at that just pops up on the iPod. I thought that was like, I mean, it, it, it was weird. It was, it was cool. It was destiny, man. <laughs> it was pretty cool. But even cooler was when we got inside. First of all, really super tight security there. Yeah, and in accordance with Prince's wishes, they don't want anybody taking pictures, so they make you turn off your phone. Not only that, but they have these little pouches. You have to put your phone in the pouch. And then you ha- they actually lock it. And you don't get to unlock that until you're out of the, In the tour gift shop. area. Right. And it's called a yonder pouch. I have never seen something like that before, ever. A yonder pouch. Now we know. Now we know, yeah. But it was kind of funny. Like when we went to the Motown Museum in Detroit, no cell phones or anything, but until, until you get to the studio. And then they gave us, what, like a minute to take selfies and, and take pictures of the studio? But none of that at Paisley Park. No, and I don't know. I don't know the specific reason he didn't want to do that. If it's kind of like, hey, this is my space and I I want to share it with people, but let's keep it to people who can actually make it here. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But Paisley Park is really cool. If you guys get a chance to, to go there, we wish we could share pictures with you. 
and post those at Home Run on Wheels at the photo gallery and social media and stuff, but we weren't allowed. Um, <laughs> what I think is really cool, though, tying it back to baseball, is when those home runs were hit in the Twin Stadium, what do they play? Let's go crazy. Yes. Prince was beloved in Minneapolis and in, in the entire state of Minnesota, really. And the fact that this international superstar from the Twin Cities could have lived anywhere in the world, really. And he kept a house in the Twin Cities. Like, this, this is where he stayed. It says a lot about him as, as just as like a, someone who's loyal. I think it's loyalty. He loved the sports teams. That was another thing that was mentioned yeah, on the tour. Yeah, especially the basketball teams. But he was also a huge Twins and, and Vikings fan. Right, but also Blue on Vikings. the memorial fence, there was an article from the newspaper that talked about how he stayed in this area and that... One of the reasons he did was because he didn't want, he wanted his creativity to be pure and not, you get pushed in certain ways in places like New York and LA. And so he wanted to keep that pure. And that was one of the reasons he did stay where he did. It's also why we learned why he changed his name from Prince to that unpronounceable symbol because he felt like Warner Brothers was taking control of his name and he didn't want that. So once his contract with Warner Brothers expired, he changed his name back to Prince. (laughs) Right. There was a handwritten notes that he had to himself for the press announcement he made when he actually changed it back. And it was interesting to read that. I thought it was interesting to see that he used an I, and that was in everywhere Mm -hmm. where you saw where he had written something. He used an actual picture, hand-drawn picture of an eyeball for the I. And then he would also put like four, the number four to be for F-O-R. It's kind of like a personal touch. Mm -hmm. It's interesting to be able to see those kinds of things, I think. But this isn't a Prince podcast. Um, It's about baseball and... uh, we're so grateful to the Minnesota Twins for donating those tickets to Family Alternatives. Our next stop, Colorado, will be there Wednesday. The Rockies donated 30 tickets to Lutheran Family Services Rocky Mountain, so we're pretty excited for that, too, to see Coors Field for the first time and share that experience with some kids from the Denver area. Yeah, it's very exciting. I love that this is picking up for us, and we're able to get more and more kids to games. It's, it's a great privilege to be able to help make that happen. And that'll lead us into the All-Star break. The All-Star teams were announced on Sunday. So I hope your favorite players made it. And if they didn't, well, uh, you still have one last chance with the uh, last-minute vote. Uh, That goes through Wednesday. So get to voting at MLB.com for the the last-minute vote. I already voted for Jesus Aguilar for the Brewers to get him in there with the final roster spot. All righty. But hey guys, uh, when we talk next, we will be in Denver, Colorado, and uh, that'll be Thursday, so we'll talk about our Wednesday experience at Coors Field. Until then, thank you for listening. Have a great week.